Welcome to the Wildix Podcast. Hi, everybody. My name is Mitch Friedman. I'm a managing partner here at Value Selling Associates in the U.S. And as we begin our fifth year partnering with Wildex, I wanted to take a moment and thank the, the extended team at Wildex for the continued support of value selling and also all the partners who are a part of the Wildex ecosystem for their continued support. For today's video, I was asked to prepare a brief talk reviewing what value selling is all about, what is this buzz you've been hearing about all these years, uh, share a couple of exercises we do in our workshops, as well as a brief overview as to how we impart all this knowledge on the attendees of our workshops. So without any further ado, I'm gonna dive right in. So first, what is value selling? What is this buzz you've been hearing in all this discussion and how can we help you? Well, value selling is very simply a set of principles and tools to support a process that develops the value of your solution from your customer's perspective and helps you uncover what differentiators matter to your customer. What does all that mean? Well, first and foremost, we work with you to build out a set of questions so you can understand your customer's vision of what solution they have in mind, but then expand that vision to include things that you can provide better than your competition. We also work with you to uncover problems your customer is facing, but before you start pitching, expand that set of problems so you can uncover things they're struggling with that you can solve better than your competition. We keep everything from the customer's perspective. Then articulate and understand with your customer the impact on solving these problems, what the value is gonna be, and align those with differentiators, things you do better than your competition. So then the conversation shifts from getting a contract signed to solving their problems and taking and working with them all the way through value realization and having a conversations that's focused on solving their problems, but leveraging things you do differently and better than your competition. So that becomes the focus of the conversation, not price and not getting contracts signed. So let's dive in and take a look at how we do this in some of our tools. The first tool I want to review here is probably the most important and certainly the one we spend the most time on. And this is called our value prompter. This is a tool that can be used in a couple different scenarios. First, it helps you prepare for calls or meetings you might have with your prospects. Second, this helps you guide you through the process whether it's one call or meeting or several. And it also helps you in your follow-up, whether you need to um, share some information with a colleague or when you're putting together your follow-up emails and documentation, it all comes right from the value prompter. Now the value prompter has six key sections and I'll share those with you now. First is the business issue. Very simply in value selling speak, it is the number one challenge often expressed in financial terms that your buyer needs to address. It's their high level impediment to aligning with the overall corporate objectives. And it's typically 
something like increased revenue, decreased cost, lower or increased customer satisfaction, those types of things. Next is the problem box. Problems are very simply anything that gets in the way of your prospect achieving their business issue. Think of problems as the day-to-day pain-in-the-neck things we all have to deal with. Then is solution. Solution is the buyer's view of the capabilities that will enable them to resolve their business issue. And as we dive into not only the value prompter, but the value selling philosophy in general, there are a couple key words in here. Capabilities, so what I'm going to leverage to solve the problems I'm trying to solve in buyer's view. So we work on building the discipline so as soon as you hear one problem or one thing on the table your customer is interested in, you don't launch right in and start pitching. You build that out a little bit so you get a good listing of their vision of the solution and their listing of problems. The next box is the value box, which is quite simply the solution's impact on the buyer, both from a business value perspective and a personal value perspective. This is very important because we work on how to quantify the impact you're going to have on solving their problem. So the size of their problem and the dollar value of your solution are in alignment. One isn't too greater than the other. We also talk about how to quantify the business value and we also review how to have a personal value conversation. So what is personal value and what it's not and how and when to have that conversation. And in the workshop, we also talk about what's more important and what will motivate people more, business value or personal value. It's a very interesting conversation. Next, we talk about the power box. So knowing the decision process and how to ask questions to understand what the different steps of the decision process are and who the power source is, who's going to be signing off on whatever paperwork or documentation you need to move forward. Finally is the plan box. And the plan is something we define as being mutually agreed upon. So you're not telling your prospect what the steps are. You work on that together so you understand what the entire sequence of events are to get to value realization. And this is something you put in writing, which obviously can be an email, um, but it's mutually agreed upon in in writing. And most importantly, it doesn't conclude till you get to value realization. In other words, when you are actually solving the problems. So getting something signed is just a step in the process. So your conversation will begin to evolve from chasing the signed contract to when you're solving your prospects' problems. The next tool we have is something we call the Qualified Prospect Formula. And this is something that takes the the myriad, the broad range of things you do as part of your process, again, from first interaction all the way through solving your problems, and we put it into four simple buckets that you can focus on and map to. And very simply, they look like this. We define a qualified prospect as someone where you have a differentiated vision match, which is the top part of the value prompter I just showed you, 
times value times power times plan. Now, in our workshop, we will talk about why there are multiplication signs there, not addition signs or any other arithmetic formulas. But this is something you need to get a truly qualified prospect. You need to have had the conversation with your prospect in confirmation that you do have a differentiated vision match, you've confirmed value, you understand and have met with power, and you have a mutually agreed upon plan. So this answers a couple of very basic yet very important questions. First, should they buy from you if it's differentiated? Will they buy? Have they acknowledged there's value? Can they buy? Are they power or do you have access to power? And lastly, when will they buy? And when you have this, you've got a truly qualified prospect. And this is what the plan looks like. So it's a very easy four bucket plan to help you make sure you're checking off on all of the steps and all the aspects and you have a truly qualified prospect. Now, it also helps you avoid gaps in your deal. So if any one of those buckets are missing, that's okay. All it tells you is that you may have additional work to do and some additional questions to ask your prospect. But what the Qualified Prospect Formula also does is it helps you make sure and get confirmation that your prospect is able to articulate the business driver for considering your product or service, as well as making sure your prospect is able to articulate the financial impact on their business and why this is important to him and her, him or her. And it also helps you make sure that your prospect is able to understand all the steps necessary to conclude that you're the best alternative. Oftentimes, we're not doing all the selling. Your prospect needs to do some of the internal selling for you, whether they're a mid-level, senior level, or even the CEO, they may need to sell investors or the organization on why they want to move forward with your product or service. So in the workshop, we review how you can identify any gaps in your process and with your prospect, but also make sure that your prospect is fully armed to deliver the message and make the decision you want them to deliver. The third and final tool we have is something we call the Opportunity Assessment Tool. And what this is, is it can be a, a tool for sales leaders or senior leadership to very quickly review each opportunity. And when I say quickly, I mean one minute to a minute and a half. Or for the sellers out there, you can quickly review your own pipeline, your own prospects, and understand where there might be gaps in your information. And if you've got a follow-on call scheduled, understand what questions you need to ask to get confirmation, or maybe figure out if they're really not a good prospect for, for you. And we want you to be able to figure this out sooner in the process as opposed to later. So if you need to, as we say, fail fast, you can do that and not waste time chasing an opportunity or a prospect that's not good. So the opportunity assessment tool is designed to be a series of yes, no questions, making sure you've got confirmation on each one of these from your client or prospect. So there's no assuming 
This has to have, you have to have asked the question and they have to acknowledge one way or the other. So those are the three simple tools we have in value selling. The next thing I want to share and segue into are a couple of the exercises we do uh, in the workshops. The first is about what we call open probe and confirming questions. And first we take a step back and we review what kind of listener are you? Are you the type of listener who listens to learn and understand? Or are you the kind of listener who just listens to talk next? So as soon as you hear one problem, you know, you jump in and start pitching. We want to break that habit. We want you to really listen to understand and learn and build out the problem set, build out the solution set, so you can understand how you can differentiate on those problems and solutions better than your competition. So if you recall, when I showed the value prompter, each box had the word open, probe, and confirm in, in the box. Value selling is all about questions, and it's all about a, a, a roadmap, if you will, to ask these questions. In each section, we go through specific questions that pertain to problem, to solution, to value, to power, to plan. But at a high level, what we look at are first asking open-ended questions. We're all probably reasonably familiar with these, but basically they show the client that you're interested. They're designed to surface the customer's view of the current situation. They get the conversation started. Tell me about this. How do you do that? You know, they get the conversation started so you can begin to take notes. Probing questions are the key questions. Probing questions are used to raise issues that didn't surface on their own or in your initial dialogue. But they're used to differentiate and create need for your products and services. Probing questions are the strategic questions. They're the holy grail, in my opinion, that really separate the decent sellers from the true professional sellers. These are the questions that will make you money, shorten your sales cycles, and help you figure out who the good prospects are and who they're not. We'll come back to those in a sec. And lastly, we have confirming questions. Confirming questions, very simply, verify a shared understanding and confirm what you heard the customer say. In other words, what they said is actually what you heard, but what you heard is what they actually said. So again, you're in alignment on that, but they show the customer you listened. So of these three questions, guess which ones are the hardest questions for salespeople to ask and the ones they ask the least? Probing questions. Why is that? They take a little work to write and, and, and develop and build your library of questions. And sometimes people find them harder to ask because it's easier sometimes just to start pitching as soon as you hear one problem. We work on evolving that and breaking that habit a little bit. So you build some discipline once you hear one problem to hang on and ask additional questions to build out that portfolio of problems your clients or your prospects are sharing. There's one other type of question. It's not in the slide, but we like to talk about it in the workshop. And that's called a situational question. 
situational questions are great. We all ask them. They're very helpful. However, they don't differentiate and they don't raise any additional problems. So we work on when you ask a situational question, having the little red flag go off in your mind so you know I need to either turn this into a problem probe or at least probe into the situation a little more to see if I can uncover a problem. Let me give you an example. If I'm a Wildex partner working with an end user prospect, I could say something like, so how many people do you have doing installs? And the response could be four. Now, depending on the size of the organization, I may think, okay, that's pretty good information to have. But did it raise a problem I'm having? No, it didn't. Did it do anything to differentiate my capabilities to them? Not really. So if you ask a real situational question like that, go to the next level. In other words, playing it out again. So how many people do you have doing installs? We have four. Is that enough? Now, if I say, yeah, that's enough, we do them in a fairly timely fashion, A, you know that's not a problem I'm having. B, you know don't start pushing how you can help my installs because that's not a problem I'm having. But what we work on is flipping that into a true problem probe. So in other words, you could say, oh, okay, Mr. and Ms. Prospect, can you do your installs in a timely enough fashion. And if they say yes, again, you know it's not a problem they're having. If they say no, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, how long does it take for you to do them? Okay, how long would you like for it to take you to do them? What's the impact on the business? What's the cost? You can start to quantify that. And there are a lot of things you can drill into which we would work on in the workshop. The point is, you want to ask these problem probes to uncover problems, but also uncover what might not be a problem, as opposed to just asking a situational question, which is interesting and usually decent data, but doesn't differentiate, doesn't raise a problem. So again, something we work on in the workshops. The next thing I wanted to show you is something we called differentiation and our differentiation exercise. And this is, you know, kind of analogous to, you know, a hook on a wall and being able to hang something on each hook that could be your differentiator. This starts with things like, do you struggle with? Is it a challenge to do your installs in a timely fashion, etc.? So we give you these openers to the questions and we fill them in with your particular differentiators. And this is an exercise we do in the workshop that's very high impact, very valuable. Let me give you an example and show you how we do it. So we break it into four steps in the workshop. The first is we identify and list on a flip chart your unique capabilities. And this can be something you, know, you as a seller do, your particular partner does, you do in conjunction with the Wildex offerings. All of those three, any one of those three. Then we look at and we brainstorm the likely problems these differentiators solve. Then what we do is we create open and probing questions for problems. So we take the problems you solve and flip it into a question 
so you can see if that's a problem your prospect is struggling with. And we flip the differentiators into open and probe solution questions to see if that's a part of the solution your prospects would be interested in. Let me show you an example that I, I worked on um, in the interest of time. I wrote these in advance, but this is a flip chart exercise we do in the workshops. So one example of a differentiator could be secure a solution that is secure by design. Then we look at what is the problem this differentiator solves? Well, it solves my security vulnerabilities. Then we're going to take that problem that you solve and flip it into a problem probing question to see if it actually matters. An example could be, do you struggle with keeping a secure environment? And again, if they say no to that, you don't want to be pushing on that as a big problem you solve because you're going to break rapport, as we say. But if they say, yes, this is a problem I'm having, a lot of things you can drill into in terms of what happens if there's a breach, how do they maintain a secure environment today, et cetera, et cetera. So these problem probing questions are extremely important, very strategic, and really valuable for you. But then just to close it out, we take the capability, secure by design, and we turn that into a solution probing question. So an example would be, would it help if security were built into your system? And if they say, yeah, that would be really, really helpful, then all of a sudden you've got something on the table that you've expanded their vision of a solution to include something you and Wildex do better and differently than your competition. And you can start bundling this in because you've expanded their vision of the solution. So again, this is an example of just one differentiator and how we unpack that into the problems it solves, roll it into a problem probing question to see if it matters to your prospect and roll it into enroll the differentiator into a solution probing question to see if you can expand their vision of the of their of the solution. And we do about five or six of these in the workshop. And then these are real questions you can leave with to start to use that day. So very powerful, very high impact in a true weapon in your question arsenal. So what are the benefits to you? Well, you will start to see increased win rates because you've expanded and identified more problems and expanded and identified more capabilities as part of the solution. You'll see increased deal velocity because you're focusing on solving problems, you will be able to close deals faster. Larger deals because there could be more things you're bundling into your proposal because you've expanded their vision of the solution. Stronger margins because you're differentiating on things you do better and differently than your cost than your pro than your competition. So when price comes up, and it usually does, you've got things to focus on that you're adding value as part of their problem set and how you're solving their problems in the value you're giving. Because remember, the focus is on solving their problems and delivering value. So when they beat you up on price, you've got some good responses. So the margins will start to improve quite a bit. 
So value selling. Some quotes from previous attendees. Value selling is a must. Make sure you have the sales team there and the owners. And it's very important for owners because as owners need to start understanding what resource requirements they have, they're going to want to start understanding what deals are going to close and when and start looking at deal control and forecast accuracy. Great quote from a former user, I used to try and solve the customer problems too early. In other words, as soon as they got one problem on the table, they would start pitching. We teach you to hold off, unpack and uncover more problems, expand the vision of the solution, then you're taking rifle shots with your differentiated capabilities. One person said they highly recommend it. They think they're going to increase their business by 40%. Another person, by 20%. So we submit in terms of why value selling, we start giving you a process. We start giving you specific questions to ask. We start giving you a roadmap to make sure you've got a qualified prospect. And if you don't, where are your gaps in information? And if they're never going to fill in, you maybe move on to the next one. But if they are, how do you build that out? You know you've got a qualified prospect and you know you've got a good value story and value proposition that you can defend and they're on board with. So it is not all about price. So now how do we start imparting this knowledge on you? Just to shift gears a little bit here. Well, as Confucius said, I hear and I forget, I see and I remember, I do and I understand. So when we build out our training program for the WildX partners, we incorporate three key components. A visual component for people who learn better by seeing, an auditory, an auditory component for those who learn better by hearing, and a kinesthetic component for those who learn by doing. And we combine all these into our training curricula. And what we've done is we've put together a customized program for the WildX partner community with a blended learning approach. What does that mean? Well, we start off with a kickoff call and we review the program with you a couple of weeks before the workshop. And the key component to this is our online learning program, which is about a 90 minute to two hour, depending on how quickly you read, what kind of learner you are, tool where you go into and you go through the course which is a very, very valuable foundation for the workshop. You can take your time going in this. You can go in and out as often as you need to. It's a, we, we work with a very sophisticated leading edge tool and the, the entire curricula is there. And again, great foundation for the workshop. Then we have our two day workshop where we get together in person and we actually have the opportunity to apply and practice all the concepts top to bottom. So we're together for two days. We make our workshops a lot of fun. They're very engaging. A lot of time for Q&A. We do some role plays. Um, we customize each section. If people have different things they want to focus on, we make sure we cover off on that. We give everyone the opportunity to um, lean into certain areas they may need a little extra help on. But we have a lot of fun and they're very low stress. Then the third component after the workshop is what we call value selling at work. And these are 
micro learning modules. There are 14 of them and we release one per week. So it's a good lengthy review. But each of these micro learning modules is one to three minutes. They're very short, great way to review a particular value selling concept. I encourage people to maybe the, in the morning, um, the day you get them, when you're planning your day, having your coffee, kind of review it, refresh it, and maybe practice that throughout the day. Um, but we get 14 for 14 weeks, one per week. There are also a series of public webinars and newsletters we publish. Once you're enrolled in our e-learning tool, you'll be invited in on our list. You'll be invited to attend all these. They're free and we encourage you to participate in these because they're a great way to review all the concepts. And myself and my colleagues are all available for deal reviews, call planning exercises, either with your manager or your local Wildex uh, marketing support person or country manager. So there's pre, post, and follow-on workshop activities for you to continually be engaged and immersed in the value selling uh, curricula. So as we close out on how we impart all this knowledge on you, an interesting relevant quote from Charles Darwin. It's not the strongest of the species who survive or the most intelligent. It's the ones who are most adaptive to change. Your world of selling is changing a lot. With all the digital interaction and engagement going on, things are changing more than they ever have. And the rate of change is only going to accelerate. So the stop cutting down trees and sharpen your saw is more relevant than ever. So we hope we'll get to continue to work with you in 2023. Last year, we hit Italy, France, Germany, UK, North America, Spain, the Nordics, and this year in 2023, we're looking to expand those countries. We do our workshops in local languages, so there's no reason not to attend. So I hope we'll see each and every one of you in one of our workshops this year, and we can work together to grow your business, expand your skill set, and make sure you're adapting to the new world. So thank you very much for taking the time and listening, and best wishes for a great 2023.